we're going to talk about habits now. And actually, I think habits are the most important thing in how we live our lives. Habits are way more powerful than uh, having willpower and they can make your life way harder. But habits can also make life way easier. So I'm joined now by Claire Gillen. Welcome, Claire. Hi, thanks for having me. And Claire, you're an associate professor of psychology in Trinity and you specialise in how people form habits. So before we get to uh, how to fix ourselves, can you explain the science of what what are habits and how do they work in in our brains? Yeah, so (coughs) in everyday terms, habits are the way the brain automates routine actions, things that we do with regularity. And that means in situations that are familiar. So there can be cues from the environment, a flash of a light bulb in an experimental study with rats or, you know, your home leaving for the office, sitting in your car, or even cues from inside your body. So what happens is you perform behaviours in those regular settings, the neurons fire together and wire together when that happens. So that means that in future, you're more likely to do the same behaviour again when you're presented with those cues in the future. So it's autopilot, essentially, in a way. So it's saving us a lot of energy and thinking and all that kind of stuff, yeah? It's so fundamental that even the most simple um, forms of human existence, the simple forms of the brain, all have habit systems. They don't have all this stuff about higher order cognition and thinking, yeah. but very evolutionarily early prepared old part of the brain. It's so fundamental to us just surviving the you know onslaught of, of our world today to be able to automate these very basic actions. Yeah. And even like, you know, that thing they say about you couldn't back the car out of the driveway with your conscious mind like You it. couldn't listen to this radio show now. People, How really? many people are driving their car at the same yeah. time as listening to this conversation or tying their shoelaces <laughs> or dressing their kids? All of these things are almost, I'd say, 99% of everything we do, how I'm holding my hand right now as I talk to you, all of it is, is, is habit, is automatic ways of being that allow us to free up our brain to think about things that are a little more complicated and taxing. Okay, so then obviously the key to all this is bedding in uh, good habits. How, how do we, what's, what is the key to bedding in a new habit, say a good habit? Unfortunately, it's yeah. putting the time in, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, there are tricks, right? So it's about um, creating situations of regularity and routine. So like if you want to start drinking more water or putting more vegetables on, you know, eating more vegetables, all of these things, your, your best um, way of forming a habit is to not to decide to do these things when you feel like it, but to do them at set moments in time or situations like every time you have a meal, you, you pour that glass of water, you do that for six weeks, eight weeks. Then the beauty of it is your brain one day when that glass of water isn't there, your brain notices its absence and it actually gives you a feeling of a want to, oh, I got to complete this cycle. That's just part of my being. It's part of my automaticity. OK, so so you're saying initially we have to force it artificially, uh, make the effort at the start. We have to, yeah, we have to plan for success, really. And that's okay. why, like, it's, it's a cliche, but January is actually a really good time because we have more time on our hands now right. to lay in the plans and the foundations. And we also have a lot more motivation this month than we normally would. So we can use all of that to do things that's a little bit of a struggle, like putting on the running shoes and going out the door. And then in a few months when the motivation fades, the brain is still is still going right it's automated that action so we don't need to feel like it we just are, we just know we have to do it our brain tells us okay so we can reprogram ourselves and are you saying as well you with the glass of water thing you're saying we should put a trigger in there or something or an occasion an, an occasion a cue yeah something okay. that has that that you're going to meet again in the future and that's going to trigger your brain to say i want that glass of water uh is it hard 
Yeah. To form a new habit, it's it's easier to form a new habit than to break an old one. I'll say that much. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It, the reason for that is that the brain, I mean, you may think, you know, you're, you're forgetting things all the time, but actually your brain really never forgets. So even when we change our behaviors over time, the brain carries on a memory of, of, of everything, including those old habits. So new learning has to kind of sit on top of that. So it's easier to start new routines than to learn to, to not do something that we've been doing for a while. Okay, yeah. so that brings us in to if we want to break a, a bad habit, they do say, don't they, the best thing to do is replace it with a good habit. Is that a hundred percent? Yeah. So it's much easier for the brain to learn to do something new in that situation. It's just, you know, without being too technical, it's more salient for you to do a behavior. It's more relevant. It's more it's more um, of a signal to your brain than to just sit there and try and resist the urge to do the habit. Yes. OK. But that, so give me an example of that. Well, maybe. an example. I mean, I think it happens naturally when people try and give up bad habits, let's say like smoking. What they don't realize is that they accidentally replace it and they might replace it without, without having intention with something else that's bad, like eating chocolate anytime they have that urge, for example. So these are like hacks that we, we actually know about, but we don't really, you know, we're not conscious of. So just yeah. being aware that replacing is, is almost necessary to go in with a plan and say, instead of this, I'm going to do this thing at that moment in time. OK, OK. And how long does it take to break a bad habit or do you ever? Yeah. Is it always there lurking underneath? Yeah. And technically, it is always there learning okay. underneath, but it becomes so um, uh, eclipsed by the strength of new habits that it may be very difficult for it to ever reemerge in certain situations. You would say peer groups help as well, surround yourself with the right kind of people? Well, I mean, so, I mean, another way to break habits, right? Habits are a link between a stimulus and a response is to change, to not come into contact with those stimuli again. So, you know, it can be an easy hack when you're changing jobs or changing homes, right? That you're not around the old familiar cues that can help you to form a new habit. But the problem is you're not really learning anything new about what to do in those old situations. So it can be a bit of a risk. When you okay. go back in those situations, your habits, they're lurking and waiting to come out. OK, OK. One of your big things around habits is that we shouldn't be thinking because we do tend to think we, we, we want to think about it. Like when we think about the progress we're making and we think I've done it again. Yes. And all that. But you're saying don't think about it. Just do. Yeah. yeah. Don't think about like how the behavior makes you feel at a moment. Yeah, if your yeah, thirst yeah. is quenched or whatever it is, how many calories are on the treadmill meter. If, if you want to get to this state of automaticity, it is about focusing on doing the behavior in this really um, consistent setting and situation or time. And that's going to carry you through June and July, you know, when you're feeling maybe less motivated. So this is totally not rocket science. This is really simple. Just do something and keep doing it. Yes, but don't do it, you know, willy nilly. Don't do okay. it whenever you feel yeah. like it. you got to do it's it. Regimented. In a, in a, yeah, in a response to it. you got to set up some cues and times and triggers that are going to be there every time you do it. Okay. No, the texter here asking, can we apply any of this to children and trying to give them habits? Um, yes. So children are actually very good at learning habits. They haven't developed a lot of the higher order cognitive you know, capacities that we often use to overcome our habits or that can slow them down. So for, you know, for better or worse, children are very good at learning habits. So regularity and routine and all of these things. This person really is mentioning bedtime. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 as a parent myself, yeah. I think it does help with also my own sanity. So I would say, you know, routine and yeah, yeah having a regimen. Have you, have you, you, you have managed to crack the bedtime thing. It's a habit. Oh, yeah. My children are 100 percent. Well, they're absolutely <laughs> angels. 
Um, no, you know, with kids, the thing is as well, unfortunately, they're kind of, I'm not sure moving target is the right word, but they're okay. developing and yeah, changing yeah. every day. Okay. So they can be one way today, uh, especially during these early years. They change so much. So do what you can. Routine is Routine is good. Okay, so then compulsions and addictions, are they a a habit that has got out of control kind of for good ones or bad ones? Yeah, so a lot of the work that my, so you asked earlier how long it takes maybe to break a habit or make a habit. So a lot of the work that my research lab at Trinity does is looks at what's called individual differences in how quickly people form habits. And some people form them quickly and some people it takes longer. Um, And also when you get to the other end of trying to resist a habit, there's a vast array of original or um, individual differences in that and that's the piece where the ability to control habits that we've done a lot of work on in the context of OCD and addictions and other kind of compulsive behaviors so if you're not that good at controlling habits if that part of your brain isn't functioning quite in the same way you're more at risk or vulnerable to those kind of um, bad habits okay so some people are better at uh, how how controlling habits yeah, controlling habits. So so we do that. So so there's different kinds of traits that we have. And so one is a trait where when we're doing behaviors that we always that that we tend to link actions to their consequences. So when we're performing when we're drinking water, we're thinking about quenching thirst. Okay. So some people are more on that end of the spectrum and they think more about the consequences of their actions and they're able to chain together multiple actions towards a broader goal. These are really hard things to do and we all vary in our ability to do them. Um, So those are the kind of traits that make you more vulnerable to um, getting stuck in habits. I mean, another thing about um, uh, those parts of the brain is that they're very vulnerable to stress. So if we're or if we're under time pressure, both of those things knock out the prefrontal cortex, right? The part that controls our habits. And so those are the situations that, that let habits rip, essentially. Okay, so the time to be careful is like it's grand on a good day, isn't it? Like you can have all your good intentions and you tick in all January, the boxes. In January, yeah, yeah, it is right. But when, yeah. when you're stressed or tired or anything like that, that's when you really have to try and. It's a very vulnerable time. And the best thing you can do is just take a breath and take time rather than, you know, jumping into any decision or action. Yeah, or eat. Some people would say to sit yeah. down and eat too much. Um, so what kind of habits do you study then? So we study really um, uh, stripped back and very boring forms of habits um, in experimental settings. They're very tightly controlled. So when I talk okay. about the flash of a light bulb and the press of a button on a keyboard, that's the kind of thing that we do because we're very interested in mapping out what happens in the brain when people learn habits and when they overcome their habits. And then also we, you know, we, we have a smartphone app that maybe you're aware of. It's called Eureka. And what we do is get thousands of people from all over the world right. to form habits so we can study these individual differences and learn a bit more about them. Okay, and is there benefit to the people from having the app? No, but it's benefit to the science. Okay, so okay, yeah, idea. yeah. I was yeah. just wondering, should I get it? But okay, yes, no, no yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what, so what kind of techniques do you use then? Tell me about the flashing lights and stuff. Well, like so, that. well, what we do, you know, we, we make everything fun, very boring, and experimental studies. So we're just stripping back, you know, the concept of a cue to something that's very, very specific and targeted, and that we can control, like the like the flash of a light bulb, for example. So all we do to form habits. Is, is we really have people repeat, uh, learn new things and then repeat it ad nauseum. So for days or sometimes even for weeks. And we look at what happens to their brain as that happens. OK, so we all think we're uh, individuals, really. But when it comes down to it, 95 percent, 99 percent of what we're doing is just is just programmed in. Yeah, but your maybe. programming is still very different to mine. So yeah. you're still even if you, you're a very different robot to me is what I'm saying. 
Great. (laughs) So we are all robots, but we are all individual robots. All right. So look, if somebody has good intentions now and they're and they they want to, would you say go for one habit at a time? Pick one thing. I think so. But just yeah. just as a busy person, right? You know, don't overcommit. Just try and get one thing over the line and then you can chain and move on from there afterwards. Okay. So don't think about it. Just decide, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it repeatedly on a particular queue and keep doing that for what, six, eight weeks? I'd say, you know, there's there's no magic number, but I'd say you're in good shape at eight weeks if you get this routine going. Okay. Brilliant. Claire Gillen, Associate Professor of Psychology in Trinity. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much. We'll take a break.